Hey, what's up, beautiful people? I'm here with my dude, Brent. Brent Underwood, not Carrie Underwood, or any of them Underwoods, but he's a singer songwriter from North Carolina, so we're going to have a good conversation and have some good laughs and all that good stuff. So, uh, you got anything you want to say to the people before I start asking any questions, any plugs you want to plug for your music, anything like that? Yeah, and just uh, follow all Brent Underwood on Spotify, TikTok, all that stuff. Um, I've got a new song coming out in a couple months. I just got back from Nashville. To, I recorded with Ben Miller, which is the, the guitarist for Trey Lewis. Uh, so, And uh, just like you said, not Carrie Underwood, but I'm like Carrie Underwood without the money. So. <laughs> well, hopefully after this interview and doing things like this and getting your music out there, you will have the money. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. <laughs> so... Who inspired you or what got you into uh, pursue music? <clears throat> well, I mean, really my parents. Um, I grew up listening to Motown, jazz, country, uh, blues, stuff like that. And it was really because of them. Um, and then uh, my older brother and sister listened to rock music quite a bit. So like, like Guns N' Roses and Poison and I'm, you know, that kind of just got me really into like uh, listening to rock. But the, the first band that really made me want to, you know, be a musician was Soundgarden. Um, the Super Unknown album was was the first album I ever bought. Um, so after that, I just pursued music and I just really d dug into it because, you know, I'm from a small town in North Carolina and um, it was just, it was all foreign to me to, to see these, these people, these complete strangers from another part of the country be able to like invoke emotion and stuff like that you know with with a song and it's with a with a at the time i was going i was maybe 12 or something like that um and it just made me really want to be able to try to figure out how to do that so it, ever since then i've just been writing and trying to make music that's awesome we talked about your love for metal and i asked you when we were talking before the interview if you like metal you're like yeah i've been in the metal um, but you now have switched and become a singer-songwriter. So how has your writing style changed from rock to country? It really hasn't, to be honest with you, because I, I was I was in um, the, a few metal – I was in death metal bands, and obviously it's a little bit different with the genre. But uh, the old bands I was in, like Nephilim and stuff like that, I was the guy playing the acoustic guitar. Now, I, of course, I, 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 if it was a metal song, it'd be a little different. But, like, I, I still write the same. I still, you know – have an, an acoustic and just me in a room so it's really not changed that much and and if anything i mean like i said i'm from a small town here so like if anything i feel like i'm writing stuff that's kind of more genuine to who i am now that's awesome what made you make the switch from rock to country is it just because maybe you got older and it slowed down i know because the rock is a lot it's heavy it's a lot of moving around and jumping on stage and all kind of stuff. And sometimes when you got older, the bones hurt and all kind of stuff. So that why it was, is just something you want to try a little different. Yeah, that's really all it was, man. It's, uh, it wasn't that, that, I mean, I, I definitely will probably do a rock, do rock and metal again. I'm not saying that door's closed. Cause I mean, just like before we start recording, I, I just talked about your Deftones out uh, shirt, man. That, that's by far one of my favorite bands, but um, it just, honestly, I, I'm, the place I'm from has one stoplight, and that's fairly new. Um, and I, I cut my teeth in Fayetteville, and everybody in Fayetteville would always make fun of me being the redneck. And I was like, well, hell, I am the redneck. So I just yeah. like to just be what yeah. I am. And I started yeah. writing more genuine wood stuff to me, and um, I'm glad, really glad I did. Not only do I feel like artistically I'm, I'm, I'm getting to express myself a little more and, and sing songs 
about how I grew up and stuff. I mean, it's uh, it's it's really got me uh, the attention that I never thought I would. So I mean, I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty grateful. That's awesome. So, uh, how, what's the biggest crowd you played for? Like, how many people have you played for? Um, man, that's tough. Uh, I, when in Nephilim, we we played a lot. Uh, we we toured quite a bit around. Uh, I played Bayfest in Alabama that had maybe 10,000. We did uh, 4th of July, Fort Bragg was Fort Liberty now that went, went for Lifehouse and Tonic and that was probably 15,000, probably like 15,000 or so. Uh, with country, uh, the most I've done is like two, close to 2,000. We opened for uh, Diamond Rio uh, a few years, like a year and a half back. So it's, wow. it's yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Um. I asked you that question because, you know, playing in big crowds like that, you see a lot of people with diversity. You probably see a lot of people with diversity, you know, black, white, Asian. What is your experience with people with disabilities in that in that world or that dynamic? Do you have any experience with anything crazy that happened at shows or how you had to help them out or really, you know, advocate for them on stage or things like that? Absolutely. Um Nephilim, uh, there was there was this club called the Rock Shop that uh, unfortunately has since closed down from Fayetteville, um, and there was this guy uh, that used to come to all of our shows a long time ago, and he was unfortunately hit by a train, so he lost he lost one of his legs, so he was he, he it helped it hurt his mobility quite a bit, so he was in a wheelchair, um, and when I saw him in the wheelchair come to our show, I brought his wheelchair on stage, and so he just he sat on stage the whole time, but like the, the cool thing about some of these festivals is this. They're they're and so in inclusive, you know. So music doesn't care what you look like or how able you are, or whatnot. And you know, it doesn't it doesn't matter. It's 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 all love. And so I've seen people crowd surf in wheelchairs and stuff like that. And it's just it's just awesome. That's awesome because I've actually crowd surfed out of my wheelchair and nothing but boxing and tank top and tennis shoes. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm all about doing the crazy stuff, man. That's awesome. Yeah, dude. With that being said, how do you feel that your music and the things that you do can can impact the marginalized community and the disabled community? How can your music reach them in a way to make them feel a certain way or make them stand up for themselves, advocate, or push themselves to maybe go to a show and experience things that they never experienced before? How do you feel that your music can offer them the opportunity or make them think about things in a different way? Well, the way I look at music and the way I look at people, I mean, it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't matter what's, what's, what state you're in. I mean, music's going to, you're all people. So I think music affects everybody equally the same. So um, I really hadn't thought of it. That's a good question. I mean, I, I, I would hope that a song that I write, someone would relate to um, it. That's, that's just a really good question, man. I, I've been interviewed a lot. And I've never had anybody ask that before. Um, I always try to write positive stuff and I, and I hope anybody would, would hear my songs or a song and, and take it positive and make them want to do it. So I hope that um, any, anybody that listens to music uh, can see that if this dude can do it, anybody can do it. So, that, I mean, I'd love, yeah, so maybe that's it. That's awesome. So um, with you being an independent artist and all that kind of stuff, what is the biggest disadvantage or advantage you would say being an independent artist versus being with a label um it's just really monetarily um luckily the internet's kind of leveled the playground quite a, quite a bit there's still some gatekeepers out there you know 
um, before the internet, you know, it, it, you, you couldn't get your music out there at all without having a label backing you. And, and now it's, it's a person can get famous by recording something in their, in their bedroom and go to, you look at Post Malone for God's sake. You know, he's one of the biggest names there is. And he posted something on Spotify and the next day he's, you know, huge. I so, love him. I love him. Yeah. Oh, he's he's a great dude, man. I, and, and I'd really like to hang out with him because I, I think he's got a place out in Utah. Utah. Yeah, me and you both. Me and you yeah. both. I yeah. saw him. I don't. Did you see him on the uh, country uh, CMT? The thing that Elvis that that was an awesome cover that he did. I can't remember the song, but that was the one that stuck out to me the most. That whole time that that was going on, I was like, man, that's amazing. I mean, even that during the pandemic, that live stream he did where he played nothing but like Nirvana covers and stuff, that was yeah, yeah. fantastic. I and mean, he, he was in a metal band too. So, I mean, yeah. I, I respect him because he just crosses genres and does it well everywhere. And everybody said that when he did that, that was like, he did really a tribute to Nirvana. And I really, you know, got taken back to that time. when I wasn't around when he did that, but it really made me think, wow, that's really what Nirvana did. Like, it really made me think about Kurt Cobain. I felt like I was watching Kurt Cobain do it again. Yeah. Man, I, I wish I could have saw Kurt live. Uh, but, but you know, to finish with, but you know, the only thing that I feel like being independent is, is monetary. Like, you, you're paying for everything out of pocket. Um, and, you know, it, it's called music business for a reason. Because the people that are, like, the, the, the people that record the best music or shoot the best music videos or get you on tour, they have to pay bills too. So, yeah. you know, it, it, once you get past that, you just really have to invest in yourself a, a lot more. Yeah. And, and even if you were to sign with a label uh, and they give you, you know, a big signing bonus, you still got to pay that back. So Exactly. Um, so if you weren't doing any anything, anything outside of music, if you weren't doing music, what would your other profession be? Like, what would you want to be doing besides music? Ah oh, man, uh, uh, something involving nature. I mean, honestly, um, I, one of my favorite things to do is go on road trips. Uh, and like, I love Utah. I love I love Colorado, places like that. So it, it'd be, be kind of neat. I, when I went to Zion National Park, I think it'd be kind of cool to be like a park ranger there and you get to see that. Be that's that's your office is that beautiful scenery every day. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. What what would you say your favorite song or album uh, to record was, and why why would that be your favorite album or song to record? Honestly, I think um, the first I was in this this my first country band was eighty seven and Pine, and it's, it was named after the intersection I grew up in or on. Um, yeah. So like so I think that one because that was kind of like the first album I did in the country realm that was like. I had, I had probably 98% of, uh, of the songs were, were, you know, I wrote. So I felt like it was the first true, I don't know, expression of, of me as, a, as an artist or as, as a musician. And that, and it, it really gave me the confidence to know that I could do it um, and, and my writing as well. That's awesome. So through doing my research and really looking into you as an artist to kind of get prepared for the interview, I kind of saw that you were a, uh, a bull peanut enthusiast. So, if you could make your own flavor of bull peanut, what would that be? In Man, that's something I've thought about quite a bit. Uh, it's that I really like Carolina, uh, North Carolina barbecue sauce. So, I think it would be really cool to have like a Carolina barbecue sauce flavored peanut. I think it would be awesome. Um, 
I'm, I'm a big fan of like Asian food too. So like, there's like a like the, like Asian zing sauce that you get like at like Buffalo Wild Wings and stuff like that. Or that, that would be awesome too. Okay. Uh, yeah. From you saying that, we got to get your own your own peanut man. We got to do this. Uh, I got to get you, I got to get you out there with a label or somebody to pay for you to make your own peanuts. <laughs> I'd love that. I mean, I've been pretty fortunate. I, I signed on with 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 Peanut Patch Bold Peanuts. There's like. They're the largest bold peanut company in the world, and they've been sending me around to all these country concerts and giving away free peanuts and playing music and you know these that, big stages. Oh, so, yeah, it's it's that, pretty crazy, man. Yeah. So being an independent artist and doing what you do, who do you most look up to as being an independent artist? Who do you look uh, up to and say, if they can do it, I can do it too? You know, who do you look up to? An example hmm. would be like Ryan Updates because I know he's. I'm a big Ryan Updates fan, and uh, you know all that stuff. So I was wondering, who do you look up to? I like Hardy. I mean, I think I think Hardy's last album was was so uh, original, um, and I knew it was going to be heavy because like on, on the um, on on the, the teasers for for the album, he was wearing like a Born of Osiris shirt. So I was like, yeah. this, this is going to be different, yeah. you know. And I, I was lucky enough to, since I've been going to these festivals, I saw him like three, like two or three times now, and he just puts on a hell of a show. And like to me, like that—that's the type of—that's the type of artist I want to be. Someone that's not afraid to do what they want and then put on and, and to be, a, you know, because you hear so many people and, and and you can sound great in the studio, but they can't duplicate it live. He sounds awesome. better live. Yeah, so that's awesome. what I, that's what I want to do. That's dope. Have you ever gotten to meet anybody like Hardy? And if you have, what did you take away from people like that? I wish I did. I, I've met a lot of. I've been able to like open for some big people like Vanilla Ice and and stuff like that. And and you know you you uh you have a you take the first thing I look at with people like that is how humble they are and what what you know, how they treat someone like me because they don't they don't know me from Adam. So why would they be? Mad? You just got to be nice to everybody. And you know I've, I've opened for some some big names that are were not so nice, which I won't say. But like people like Vanilla Ice and and and. Uh, Steven from Taproot, uh, Jimmy Haha from like Jimmy's Chicken Shack, the guys from Seven Mary Three were great. I mean, I've, wow. I've been pretty fortunate. Like even like people like Lifehouse, the guy, the, the men from uh, from Diamond Rio were were super friendly, and like, they they're like Nashville royalty. You know, they're they're in, inducted into the Hall of Fame and stuff. So it's just. That type of stuff is what I, what I really pay attention to. I pay attention to how how someone on that level treats someone on my level. Because it's true, the people you pass going up are the same people you're going to pass going down. So, but I just, I just always believe in just being nice to people, no matter what they are, who they are, or, or you know. That's awesome, man. Well, it was great talking to you, and I really enjoyed doing the interview. And is there anything you want to say to the people? Anything they need to know before you sign off? Anything you got coming up that they need to know about? Uh, yeah, man. Uh, Thank you so much for this opportunity, by the way. It was a great interview, man. I really appreciate it. It's nice to meet another Death Tones fan. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all I can say is, like, if you would, please follow me on Spotify or, and TikTok and stuff like that. I'll have new music coming out very soon. Uh, I've got probably, I don't know, maybe 13 or 14 songs that are kind of ready to go. But, I, but this year, I'm going to release a lot. So please yeah. follow me online. That's awesome So. With that being said, you're a big Deftones fan, so I have to ask, would you ever want to play the show with them? And if you could say anything to Sheena, what would you say? Oh, absolutely. Well, I'd love to do that, man. Um, and if I could say anything to Chino other than thank you for, for the amazing music, um, 
I would say as a fan of Death Tones, I am very sorry for his loss when 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 she died. Yeah. Uh, that that was a big big hit on the community. I mean, with the one love for Chi thing, I've got my T-shirt. I mean, I, I tried to support and I would I would watch his his family's updates when he was in a coma and when his when he when his legs moved, I was like, oh my god, Chi's gonna be back, you know? I know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that that's I would just say it's I know how it is to lose a friend and a brother and. And when you're when you're in a band with someone as long as he was, that's like being married to someone. So I mean, it's uh, I know it was incredibly hard for for him and Abe and, and Steve and, and you know the whole band. So um, I just want to say thank you, to thank them for continuing to make music after that yeah, facing that adversity. Awesome, man. Well, it was great talking to you, and thank you for the interview. And we're gonna keep in touch. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you. You have a good day. All right, All right you too, bud.